The By the Hood podcast is sponsored by the Discover Your Options Bootcamp. Getting started with trading options may seem intimidating, but with Discover Your Options, you'll be up to speed faster than you could have ever imagined. No matter what your ultimate goal is, learn the basic skills and gain all the confidence needed to ultimately win in the exciting world of options. For more information, click the link under Discover Your Options in our show notes. And for 20% off, make sure to use the code BUYTHEHOOD, one word, for the 20% discount. The Buy the Hood podcast is brought to you by the book, Own Your Time and Space, written by Corey Camp and Jimmy the Blueprint Williams. All throughout history, you will see time and space as having significant importance, but never discussed as it will be in this book. You can learn the true importance of time and space and how having a better understanding of these concepts can lead to a better life. It deals with ownership of not only your time, but the space around you. You can get your copy at ownyourtimeandspace.com or you can go right to Amazon and look up Own Your Time and Space. What's up, people? Welcome to this episode of the By the Hood webcast or podcast because I don't know how you're consuming this content. I'm your host as always. My name is Jimmy. And as we start off every show, just want to say thank you to all our supporters, people out there um, who purchase the merch, who share the episodes, who connect with us on our social media on a daily basis. We just want to say thank you because um, we appreciate all the support as we continue to try to build out this platform, but also, you know, uh, give back in terms of what we do in the community. So we always start every episode off by saying thank you. Um, as always, I got my partner, Corey, here with me. Corey, what's going on, brother? Nothing but love, man. How you feeling, man? You know, man, it's trying to trying to stay sane in these crazy times, man. Um, but for those uh, listening or maybe watching for the first time, um, our platform is dedicated to highlighting brothers and sisters who are doing amazing work in the community. Um, so we've had on people from all walks of life. And um, this next brother right here is doing amazing things. I'm actually a fan of his work. So I reached out to him to see if he would come on and share his story on our platform. This brother is an entrepreneur. He's an author. Um, You've probably seen him maybe on his TED Talk or, or Sway in the Morning. So he's been around, and he's done a lot of amazing and positive things. And one of the things I want to get into as we have this conversation is uh, all his knowledge on self-publishing. Um, Corey and I have a book called Own Your Time and Space. A lot of people have probably read it that are watching this. Um, and, you know, I've written another book. So I have two self-published books, but I watched a couple of his brother's interviews, and he put me down with, like, technology and things that I just had no idea about. I said, yo, it would have been a lot easier if I would have had talked to him first. So I wanted to give a little bit of his game. And without further ado, I want to welcome the brother Ash Cash on, man. How are you, sir? Hey, what's up, brothers? I'm doing well, man. Doing well. Thank you for so much for having me. I'm always excited to, you know, to talk to the people, man. So I appreciate you. Man, absolutely, man. Like I said, man, you, um, you, you have a, a wealth of knowledge in terms of self-publishing and all that. But I also know that you have a background in banking. Can you tell us a little bit about your background? Like, how did you get to where you are now? Yeah, so um, man, I mean, I'm just a, I'm I'm a kid, I'm a kid from Harlem, NYC, man, home of the hustlers, man. Uh, I grew up in the uh, in the projects, St. Nicholas houses, um, and I've always I've been a hustler all my life, man. Eight years old, packing bags at the local supermarket, um, you know, twelve years old, selling mixtapes and, and t-shirts at the at you know at, as a vendor at Mart One Twenty Five, um. And just always been, you know, involved in entrepreneurship. Uh, when when I when I got a little older, about seventeen years old, uh, was looking to to make more money so I could impress the girls. Uh, was 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 veering towards the street life. Um, and my you know my sister had an opportunity for me. But was like you know like she didn't really want me to go you know go towards that street life. And so I wound up uh, get she wound up getting me a job at a video store. Right, fast shot the blockbuster videos. Uh, that was my first job. Um, <laughs> Did that for about two years, you know, I was, you know, because my same hustling mentality, I was one of the top, you know, sellers, you know, like we, we would upsell videos and upsell rewards and things of that nature. And so because I was one of the top sellers, I got promoted really fast to assistant manager. Um, and then that just started opening my mind as to like what else I could do with my talent. Um, so one of the assistant managers had uh, an opportunity for me to, um, you know, be a teller at a bank. Um, and so I went for the interview, uh, you know, became a teller. I was 19 years old at the time, uh, became a teller. 
And then I realized, man, this is where I'm supposed to be. And so I wound up doing everything in banking. And so from, uh, from Teller, uh, I was a personal banker. I was a private banker, meaning that I managed money for wealthy people starting at 250000 and above. Uh, I was a branch manager. Um, I managed about four or five branches um, in my career. Uh, I was the CEO of a credit union. So uh, actually one of the youngest CEOs of a federally chartered bank. I was 31 at the time. Um, and then I just, you know, I decided, I decided to transition, uh, from, from being a banker, uh, to, you know, to, to teaching financial education, because one of the things I realized was as I was working with wealthy clients, um, I realized that the difference between people who had money and people who didn't have money, uh, was their mindset. You know, like, even if you have the knowledge, if you don't have the proper mindset, you're not going to be successful. Um, and so in the words of the honorable Sean Carter, uh, Jay-Z once said, uh, there's much bigger issues in the world I know, but I first had to take care of the world I know. And so for me, coming from the hood, coming from the projects and understanding that a lot of my people were being left behind because they didn't have the financial education, uh, I transitioned to uh, just teaching about money. And so I've written uh, eight books. Four of them have been bestsellers. I travel, you know, the country uh, teaching about financial education. Uh, like you mentioned, I've been on uh, I mean, every single media outlet you could you could think of, um, I've I've probably been on it, television, radio, magazines, things of that nature. And I'm you know, I just work for the people. I just I just wanna kinda, you know, I, I guess I look I look at myself as like the Robin Hood of wealth, you know what I'm saying? Like I wanna I wanna take, take the knowledge from the wealthy and then give it back to my people so we could, you know, we can move forward and get to the next level. Absolutely. So some, some of that mentality, some of the things that you learn from working with wealthy clients, I know it's probably a ton of it, but just give me a couple examples of, of in terms of how they think versus how the average person thinks. Yeah, the, ma the main thing that I realized that wealthy people do not work for money. Uh, money works for them. And so, so if you're wealthy, uh, you literally change your relationship with money. I know where we're from, we're taught, right? go to school, learn a trade, work hard, and then the money comes, right? Um, and, and the truth of the matter is that that's what allows you to stay in the rat race, right? If you, if you follow that model of working hard so that you can get money, you'll always be in a rat race. Uh, when, when, when your time is done, your kids are going to be in a rat race. When their time is done, their kids are going to be in a rat race. And so um, it's about you know, if you don't come from money, somebody's going to have to work for money. So I'm not saying that initially you don't work for money, but the goal isn't to keep working for money. The goal is to work for money. And then now with that money, you start to buy income producing assets. And these assets are now what's going to give you uh, money going forward. And then those assets get passed down from generation to generation to generation. So now your kids and your, your grandkids and even you, you know, as you're on this earth and you start to make that transition, you never have to exchange your time for money. You now are able to exchange value for money and you can do whatever you want with your time. Um, and so that's what I learned by wealthy people. So wealthy people, whatever they're doing with their time is because they want to do it with their time. Like if they're working on something, it's because they want to work on it. They're not doing it for money. If they are, you know, you know, if they want to spend time with their family, they spend time with their family. They want to go and, and vacation. They do that uh, because, because uh, money is not dependent on their time. They, they've, they've created assets that, you know, pay them. And so that's, that's honestly, in a nutshell, the, the difference between those who are, 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 are wealthy and those who are not is really that mindset that, you, you, uh, you know, you don't work for money. Right. You're not the employee of money. You're actually the employer and you tell money what to do. And if you do it the right way, then you'll never have to exchange time for money again. OK, man, that's 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 some great bars yeah. right there. Um, um he, he, he sound like us when we be in the streets preaching, man, like that. He sound like I know, like I know. He, just, he, he just gave our whole game away. <laughs> But, but, but that's how you know um, that, you know, uh, he's a man of the people, right? Because that's how you say it in a way that people can explain. Speaking of that, yeah. um, you've written several books, as you mentioned, um, and, and I have a, a couple of your books. Um, in fact, one of your books, I, I have the actual book and I got the Audible because you put it on Audible, which is dope. Uh, the, you know, the, um, the, the wake up call one. I got that on oh, Audible, you. so that's appreciate pretty dope. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but what I found interesting about that, right? So for one, I'm going to tell you how I came across it. So you did something that I've been wanting to do for years, but the fact that you took action when I've been kind of BSing, which was relate things um, 
from hip hop to personal finance, right? Um, and I'm pretty sure that you got a great reception because now people can relate to it in a different way. Uh, the question I have is when you started to take that format, okay, let me take this information, put it into hip hop forms and give it to the people in books. Um, how long did it take for you to become such a master of self-publishing? Because you, you have ninja secrets. Like, you know, like I've heard you explain like the way that you go about your process of publishing yep. and you know, you created a whole, a whole model, right? Yeah. Um, how long did it take you to do that? Cause you've written eight books. At what point did you realize like I could do this a, a lot easier, a lot more efficient? Yeah. After, uh, after book number four, man. So, I, so, um, my first book came out in 2009. Um, and so it's, you know, t 10, 11 years since I've written my first book. Um, and I'll be honest, my, my first book did nothing, right? My first book, uh, literally I had hundreds of copies just sitting in the, you know, in the, in the garage doing nothing. Um, and as time went on, I was just like researching, researching. Uh, I'm, I'm really competitive. I used to play basketball, uh, you know, coming up. And so I'm, I'm just competitive. I hate to lose. Uh, I'm not a good loser at all. Uh, like I'm a, like if you like whatever that term saw loser I'm that you know what I'm saying like I don't let my <laughs> yeah. kids win like my my daughter my, my when my daughter started playing basketball I was blocking her shots and everything like I, I don't I don't let my kids win let's say I'm like I'm just that's just that's just what it is and so as I started to just um you know study the self publishing game uh, really trial and error doing certain things you know I just started to to realize certain secrets um and the funny thing about it um is that so my first book um it's called mind right money right 10 laws of financial freedom um and and the funny thing about about it in 2009 i've always you know I, like like i've been listening to hip-hop since i've been eight you know what i'm saying and so i've always been a hip-hop head um and i wanted to merge money and hip-hop back then uh but because you know people were telling me money was too serious you can't do that whatever whatever um i snuck it in there right because if you think about it my right money right is ready for war yeah. Bleak song, you yeah. know what I'm like that's a that's a jay-z and men bleak song and so i like i when, when i started thinking like yo I, I read think and grow rich and i was like yo how can i flip that in a way that we could understand it i was like oh my right money right and that's where i got the idea from you know, I, like if you read the book, I, you know, I snuck in, you know, Jay-Z, 50 Cent, you know, Kevin Lyles. Like I got a bunch of, you know, a bunch of folks in there that, that I use their stories or whatever. Um, but it wasn't until I just started, uh, stopped being afraid to, uh, to be myself. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, like, like I, and, and that's the honest truth is that when I stopped, when I stopped being afraid of being myself, that's when I started to see success. Um, and so, uh, you know, and so that, so that's just that with hip hop and mixing that into finance. That's an interesting point. Can, can you, can you kind of like go a little bit deeper into what, what you mean by stop being afraid to be? Cause I think a lot of people could take something from that. What do you mean by stop being afraid to be yourself? Yeah, I think, I think what, I think we go out in the world, like we, we are who we are, right? Like we, you, we were born the way we are. We are who we are. Uh, unfortunately, um, the world tries to put, put us in a box. Right. And so the world tries to put us in a box um, and they and they and, and based on what you do or who you are, or what you say, they say, oh, you like hip hop. So you're in you're in this box. Oh, you're a money guy. So you're in this box. Oh, you play basketball. Then you're in this box. Oh, you from Philly. OK, so you're in this box. Right. And, and so mm -hmm. it's like, nah, like if you go to Philly, like I know tons of different personalities in Philly. Exactly. But, what happens is that because they push certain personalities up to the forefront, when you when, when a guy say he from Philly, you think you think one thing. When a guy say he from Harlem, you think one thing. When you think when a guy say I'm a hip hop head, you think one thing. Um, and so for me, it was just it, you know because people put me in a box, um, I felt like I had to choose. I was like, damn, right? Like if I say I'm the money guy, because I like 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 obviously. I've, you know, I've, I've had a great career in banking. And so I know what I'm doing from a money perspective. And so if I'm saying I'm a money guy and you think of me one way, then I'm, I'm like, yo, if I say I'm a hip hop guy, you're probably going to think of me of a different way. And so I thought I had to choose. And so I was just like, man, who do I want to be? Right. In fact, I, 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 w I would, you know, I would, you know, shift between the two. Like, all right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be the money guy today. So I'm going to wear a suit and, and, and walk and talk like the money guy. Then you know, I'm gonna be a hip hop head, so I'm gonna throw the hoodie on and be the you know what I mean. So I just decided it was like, yo, you know, I want, I just want, I, I was tired of pretending of, of, you know, like it's too much work. So I said, <laughs> I'm gonna right. So I said I'm gonna redefine 
um, what people uh, think, right, of, of, of hip-hop heads, right? So just because I listen to hip-hop don't mean, you know what I'm saying, like, I don't take care of my kids. You know what I'm saying? Like, these I got negative yeah, stereotypes, yeah. you know what I'm saying? And so, but I think a lot uh, of people deal with that. That's why it's a great point, because I think that, you know, if you're, if you're a doctor, um, yep. if you're an engineer, you feel like you have to be one way. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know? And, and so, it's not reality. And so I think that, yeah, I think that as I, um, as I got more comfortable and comfortable, and here's the deal, though, right? There's more of us than it is of them, meaning that there's more people wanting you to be yourself and, and, and are relieved when they like, oh, wow, like, I, like I'm that guy too, right? Like, like, like you know, the, the guy who wears a suit also watches World Star Hip Hop. You know what I'm saying? So, <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean? No. Yeah. So, so it's, it, it's more of us. And I think that was the refreshing part for me. Uh, when I put out the wake-up call and the reception was just so, you know, it was flooded. It was so dope. In fact, in fact, um, it got, the reception was both. Like, hip-hop heads loved it. Um, I did I did something with Money Magazine, Yahoo Finance. Like, they was they were shocked because they, cause this, this is something they never saw before. So they were, like, Billboard, you know, did something with me. Like, they, this is the first time they saw oh, hip-hop is, is being merged with something serious, and they started giving me love. And so I realized that, you know, you know, like, like you know, I'm a big Jay fan, so, you know, when Jay, Jay said, yo, I wore, I wore do-rags on MTV, I made them love me, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And so that, so I'm, I realized that, like, yo, when you start to just be yourself authentically, uh, people will appreciate it, and, you know, those who, who gravitate towards you are going to gravitate towards you, um, and those who don't, those are just not your people, and you just got to be comfortable with that, you know what I mean? Yeah, man, it's, it's, there's yeah. a lot of lessons in that, because you never please everybody, so never. It's, yep. it's best just to be yourself anyway, and you said, so sure. being your authentic self is when the shift happened, um, yep. and after your fourth book, so... Um, in terms of how you how you write now, because I, I watched one of the interviews, you said you don't even like necessarily type anymore. Like you just you never. you have it down yeah, where you know you said never. <laughs> yeah, it's a waste of time. It's a waste of time. All right, so so if you're writing, uh, let's just say, and by the way, I just got um your other book the other day too, so Hustle Nomics. So I'm getting ready to start that as well. So um and that's your most recent release, right? Uh yeah, that's my most recent one. Yeah. So I, I take it in that one, you didn't write you didn't write any of that. Not not none of it. So so what is what is your process if you don't mind sharing? Because that's interesting to have someone who's a best-selling author saying, "Yo, I don't write." That's that's yeah. just ill. Yeah. So so I did this in a workshop, and and I and anybody listening, I want you to do this too, right? Just so you can see uh, that this actually works, right? Um, I want you like put a timer on your phone, and I want you to put one minute on the timer, and I want you to tell me about like tell me about something like like so if it's your business, if you own a business. Uh, in one minute, I want you to write down what is your business, right? Most people are not going to be able to do it in one minute. They're going to need more than 59 seconds to write, you know what I'm saying, what their business is. Like, like that, you'll probably get one sentence done in a minute, right? And now take that same timer, and I want you to tell me about your business. Um, I promise you you'll be able to, to do it in less than 20 seconds, right? Um, and so the reason for it is that when you think about it logically, if I think about a thought, I now have to think about that thought, and now that thought has to go from my brain to my, to, my, to my fingertips, and I have to write it down. But it's not coming out fluid because now I'm thinking about grammar, I'm thinking about my saying it right, I'm thinking about, you know, writing it proper and all that stuff, punctuation. So now I've wasted time, Right. But if I tell you about my business, I'm going to tell you how it comes out and it's, and I'm going to get it. You know, I'm going to tell you, you know, that I'm, you know, I'm a, uh, you know, I'm a financial educator who mixes psychology and finance in order to help people change their mindset. I did that in 10 seconds. If I wrote it, there's no way it would have happened. And so when I realized that I, I realized that's the key to writing books. In fact, um, the reason why my books do well is because I, because I, I, I write the way I talk, right? Um, and so what I realized was that, uh, especially with technology, uh, it would be a waste of time for you to uh, literally sit there and try to write a book and do all that stuff. And so what, I, what, what my process is, uh, is that I always start with the end in mind. I say to myself, I have this book idea. Uh, what is it that I want people to get out of this book, right? And so if we use uh, Jay-Z's uh, The Wake Up Call, 
Um, so Jay-Z did 444. Uh, I listened to the album. I felt like, you know, uh, 80% of the album was about building wealth and generational wealth. Uh, but 20% was about, you know, him uh, and, and, and infidelity with, with, with Beyonce. Because everybody... Um, you know, loves the sensational, uh, the sensationalization of like infidelity and all that stuff. That was the talk. Everybody was talking about that. So I'm like, nah, don't miss this nugget. Like this dude is about to be a billionaire at the time, literally giving you the game step by step. And how y'all going to miss that? And so I said, all right, you know what? I did it as a workshop first, teaching people who were going to schools and stuff. And then I said, you know what? I'm going to put it into a book. And so as I'm Thinking about it, I'm like, yo, what's the end in mind? Like, if, if somebody read this book, what do I want them to get out of it? So I want them to get out how to build generational wealth. And so now that's the end. And then so I go back and I outline it, right? Similar way is if I was writing a speech. That's how I do. I say, yo, what's the end? Like, when this speech is over, what do I want my audience to walk away with? So I start there, and then I work backwards. I say, all right, here's how I start. Here's the, you know, here's the different steps, and this is the way I go. Um, and so by doing that, I now have an outline, right, a blueprint. I got, I got the end in mind. I have each chapter, what each chapter looks like, and then I bullet point everything. And then I literally just act as if I'm teaching it. Um, and so, like, I can literally get everything done uh, in about, you know, 10 hours. Like, that's, that's, been, that's been my my max so far. Like, if I write a book, um, I, I outline everything. I go five days, two hours a day. Uh, and in 10 hours, I got a full book. Um, and, and honestly, that's because that's the most difficult part. The most difficult part is the creative part, is the story, is what, you know, is your knowledge. And so, but, but it's the most, it's the easiest part. Because if you're writing on something that you're passionate about, if you're writing about something that you know, if you're, if you're you know, writing something that you're very knowledgeable about, the easy part is just really just conducting the workshop, right? It's just having that conversation. Um, and then, you know, obviously you have to go back. Uh, there's editing that needs to be done. Uh, there's stories that you need, like even when you think about uh, hustlenomics, right? Like, like when I thought about hustlenomics, I said, you know, you know, people are uh, focused on his music, uh, which he was dope, but he also had a movement as it relates to ownership and money and you know and business, and so I didn't want people to miss that, and so I wanted to, you know, come up with a guide, and so there were there were some creative things that I did after I wrote the book, meaning when I think about. Uh, you know, that he died at 33. Uh, and, you know, Jesus died at 33. And th 33 is a master master number, right? Like it means you're a master teacher if you're into mm -hmm. numerology. And so I wanted to, you know, and his name was Ermius. Um, and so I, I wanted to make it creative. And so I created what was called Ermiisms, right? Like, so I did 33 Ermiisms. And, and, and I had to go back and research quotes that match with what I was talking. So all of that stuff was afterwards. So that's why the book wasn't done after I dictated it, I had to go, I had to edit, I had to, you know, add the creative elements into it. I had to make sure it flows. So all that process still stays the same, but all that is technical, right? Like the yeah, creative yeah. part, I already was able to get it out. Um, and that process works for me. I'll probably, um, you know, I, I wanted to do three books this year, but you know, uh, you know, Roro, the Rona kind of, kind of changed everything. Yeah. 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 So, so I, I, I might do two, uh, but that's going to be my process. I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to get them out real easy, uh, you know, outline them, speak them, edit, uh, you know, get it edited. Um, there's two ways I do it. Um, you know, in the beginning, I started doing, um, I tried to do like text to speech, but, uh, you know, it wasn't really picking up, you know, picking it up as well. So I found that that was, a, that was annoying. So what, then I started to just uh, do a voice record. And then based on the voice record, I would send that to Fiverr or Upwork where they would, um, you know, where, where they would translate it for me. Um, I did find a new app called Otter, O-T-T-E-R. Um, yeah. Otter is free. Uh, it, it gives you up to 30 hours for free. And then after that, you have to pay for it. Uh, but so far, it's been, it's been, it's been dope. Um, so, I, you know, if anybody wants to try that process, you know, download Otter. It might, you know, it works for you. Uh, it might work for you. Otter. Than, than you order. Yeah, that's the one you told me about. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's the, the one. one that's the about. one I, I was using that to, to, to transcribe my book. <laughs> okay, that's interesting, no. man. It's just it's just amazing to hear someone again who's a best-selling author say, "Yo, I don't even write." Like, you know, um, but that's interesting. So you you so you dictate uh or send it to someone in Fiverr or use Otter, whatever that may be. Mm -hmm. You get it back, and um, so what other apps do you use throughout this process? Is it just is it just like uh Fiverr, Otter, or anything else? 
Yeah, yeah, just just Fiverr or Otter. Um, I use Fiverr for my book covers, uh, my book cover and the the inside design. Um, you know what I'm saying? Like like as far as like putting the book out, uh, you know, I use uh, you know Amazon KDP, mm-hmm. um, and I also use Ingram Sparks, uh, and that's the secret that people don't re- realize is that, um, and that's helped my sales incrementally, right? Meaning that. At okay, can you explain that? Home. You said Ingram Sparks? Yeah, Ingram Sparks, right? So Ingram, I-N-G-R-A-M, uh, is the is one of the largest, or it, I think it's the largest book distributor for independent books, right? And then thousands of independent bookstores. So pe- when people think about bookstores, they think about Barnes and & Nobles and Books A Million and all these other big chains. Yeah. Uh, but there are a lot of, like, small independent bookstores, um, and there are thousands of them. Um, and so Ingram is actually the um, the distributor for those, you know, for those uh, independent bookstores. Um, and so when I learned that, I was like, oh, that's the game changer. And so um, what I realized is that, like, let's say I put out a book, right? Um, and then uh, and then I get, like, a lot of publicity. People hear me on the radio or whatever. They see me on television. And then they go and try to, and try to go to an independent bookstore and buy my book. Uh, if it's not in Ingram, the bookstore is not going to buy it. Um, and so mm. I, I was missing out on sales because, you know, people, you know, somebody walks into a bookstore and they're like, yo, I want to buy the, buy the wake up call or whatever. And then and they, they can't order it or nothing when they leave. You know, if, if they're really into it, they might they might check it online on Amazon. But if but if but they wanted to make that sale right there. Um, and so so I might have lost a lot of sales doing it that way. But now that I have it on Amazon and I have it in the bookstores, everybody who, who would have bought it on Amazon is buying it on Amazon. But then those people uh, who want to buy at a bookstore could go to the bookstore. And if the bookstore doesn't carry it, they can order it. And what I've realized, too, was as the demand started to increase, now the bookstore is like, whoa, if you ask me about this book, this has got to be hot. Let me check it out. And then they was ordering you know, books and actually putting it on their shelves. Um, you know, I had people walk in to me, you know, walk up to me like, yo, I read your book. I got it from the library. And I'm like, yo, I never gave my book to the library, but I realized when the demand is there and people could go and, you know, get your, get your, your, your information, then it, it makes it, it makes it easier. So that, so those are the, you know, so those are the two things I do. I okay. put it on uh, Amazon and I also put it on Ingram Sparks. Oh man, that's a lot of game right there, man. Appreciate you sharing that. Um, my pleasure. Yeah, yeah. So let me ask you a question, though, because you do use a lot of references to, to lyrics and, um, you know, um, because you're a hip hop guy. Do you ever got any like pushback like from artists um, or any positive feedback? Have you got anything from artists in terms of uh, like, you know, how's that work in terms of using their lyrics? Although I guess it's fair use because you're using it for a whole different reason. Absolutely. Yeah. So, yeah, de- definitely um, fair use. Uh, you know, it's definitely fair use. Um, I mean, I, I give I get pushed back from fans more than the artists, right? Uh, so, like, um, you know, because, you know, I, and, and, and it's fair game, you know what I'm saying? Once you put yourself out there as a public figure, um, you're going to have the people who really don't know the full story, um, and they're going to come at you, know, they're going to come at you uh, how they come at you. Uh, like, I remember when I first put the book out, uh, the wake up call actually, and so, and you could, you could Google it actually. If you, if you go, if you go to Google and you type in a uh, 444 book, let's say, or, or the wake up call, uh, you're going to notice that there's two different covers, right? The first cover actually looked exactly like Jay-Z's album, right? Because Jay-Z's mm-hmm. album was just uh, like peach, like a peach color yeah, and the I, number 444. That's yeah. it, you know? Yeah. Um, and then so for me, when I, when I saw that, I was like, oh, you know, he can't copyright a color or a number. So I said, <laughs> oh, let me, let, me, let, me, let me do that. Let me That's throw that marketing. out there. That's good marketing. Good marketing, right? And so when I, when I put the book out, um, you know, did well. Um, in fact, like, like I actually interviewed that title. So if you look it up, like I, I was, saw that. I, like I, 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 I'm, a, I'm a subscriber. I think you interviewed yeah. with Bleak, Bleak, right? Yeah, I, yeah. I interviewed with Bleak, his nephew Rel, and 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 Brian Axelrod, who uh, is head of promotions for 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 Ducey. And so, I, like, we we was up there with the book. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I know. Um, from, you know, from connections that Jay, knew, you know, knows about the book. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And you know what I mean? Like, so, so, so it was all love. Um, but then everybody was like, like, I mean, the haters who didn't really know what was going on, 
were like tagging Lenny S on stuff, were like hitting Rock Nation. Like they were like, oh, did you give him permission to like they like people who didn't know me from nowhere, like, yo, did you give him a permission to do this? Yo, you a culture vulture, like why are you, you know, taking advantage of the culture, like all this craziness. And actually, I was getting so much heat from from like the audience and like they were tagging Emory Jones on stuff. So I was like, yo, let me, let me just change this cover before like somebody come for my neck. You know what I'm saying? Um, and so that's, that's the reason why I changed the cover because uh, it was just so much negativity uh, that, that I didn't really uh, necessarily want. Um, but like you said, from, from a, from a perspective of um, using their lyrics, you know what I'm saying? It's, it's the same difference from like, you know, someone writing an article about them, you know what I'm yeah, saying? Like yeah. it's no, there's no difference, um, you know, because I'm, you know, you know, I'm, I'm quoting it, but then, but then majority of the book is my words explaining what they meant and tying the two in. Um, so no real, you know, no real flat um, from the artist, uh, you know, anything like that. Um, interesting about the Nipsey Hussle book was that I was going to write Hustlenomics uh, right after Victory Lap came out. Um, and, uh, you know, I don't regret it because, it, you know, everything happens, you know, the way it's supposed to happen. Uh, but I remember I had a friend who worked at Atlantic, uh, who was on Nipsey Hussle's project. And I reached out to my friend and I was like, yo, I need to get next to Nip. You know what I'm saying? Like, I want to do, cause yeah. I want to do the book with, you know, <clears throat> so after Jay, I wrote a, I wrote a Kanye West book, making sense of Kanye, mm -hmm. which really didn't do well because he had so much bad publicity about at saying, you know, uh, you know, the, the Trump stuff and the 400 years of slavery that, that nobody wanted to do anything. To, no, no one wanted to have anything to do with, with Kanye. So making sense of Kanye really do, didn't do that well. Um, and so I was saying, yo, I love this idea. Let me start getting next to these artists and do it with them. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, and so that was my, my first attempt with Nipsey Hussle. But then, um, you know, other businesses that I had started to, started to pick up and I got too busy. And so I never really followed up um, on it. And then, you know, unfortunately he passed away. Um, and then that's the reason, though, why I decided to give the book out for free, right? And so if you go to hustlenomics.com, you can actually download the book for yeah, free. Yeah, yeah. Because I remember what people were saying about, you know, the wake-up call. And in fact, when I, when I put out that I was giving... So here's the thing. When I put out that I was giving the book away for free, I still had people, like, coming, you know, coming at my neck. Like, yo, you trying to take advantage, your culture vulture, and all that stuff. Um, and then even, you know, me deciding to sell the book... Uh, was a, was around, you know, people saying, yo, I want a physical copy, you know what I'm saying? And people don't know behind the scenes, you know, I've talked to his camp, but then there was a lot of stuff going on, and that's why, you know, I didn't get there, like, official blessing. Mm -hmm. um, you know, like, I've donated tons of books to schools and things, that, you know what I'm saying? So I haven't profited from Hustlenomics. Like, I've, you know, like, my goal is just to, you know, keep the, you know, keep it alive. Um, but I say all I have to say is that, you know, to your question, um, is that I haven't really gotten flack from, you know, and, you know, any of the artists individually. It's really just like outside people. Um, I am working on, I do have th uh, three more ideas uh, that I want to work on um, with one artist. Um, in particular, <clears throat> I'm close. Oh, so, so, so actually two artists. So one artist, I'm, act I'm actually going to write the book. So we like, we met yeah. Um, and we've talked and like, I've, you know, I sat with them for two hours and got their perspective or whatever the case may be. Um, and so I'm going to put that book out um, and, you know, I'll still work with, with that person or whatever. Um, and then there's another artist that uh, would like, I mean, and this is top, this is a top notch artist. Like, this is like, you know, somebody who's like, you know, top got five, you. maybe, you know what I'm <laughs> Got saying? you, got you. You know, and, um. And I reached out to somebody that I know that knows him. So he knows about the idea. The only problem with, with, with this is that everybody is uh, reaching out to him about this particular type of book, right? And so this is an artist that is uh, doing a lot of money-related things. Um, and so you. because they're doing a lot of money-related things, other people, you know, it's, like a, it's like an easy layup. Mm -hmm. And so everybody's like, yo, we should do a book about this money-related stuff that you're doing. Um, and so, I, so I'm sort of like... Uh, in line in a way you know what i'm got saying you, got you got you got you know i mean yeah you've proven the concept which is amazing because like i said um it's something i want to do and actually myself Corey, another friend we uh we started a and this is funny because it's, it's, it's interesting because a lot of times you'll have an idea and you think you're the only one with it and then you see someone yeah. else execute it and yeah, you're yeah, like for sure, for sure. you know what i mean you see someone executing like damn that's dope but you know a lot of times that that's how things work out but um yeah. it wasn't necessarily exactly what you do but it was in the similar vein yeah. in terms of tying lyrics to money concepts. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and I have to ask you this because we know you're a huge Jay fan, right? Yeah. But you've been writing about this and using hip hop lyrics way before four four four. For sure. So with that being said, when you first heard, I gotta get this because as a fan, I want to hear how your perspective on this. When you first heard the album, like how what was your reaction to that as someone who was already tying the two things together? Man, so so number one, I didn't get past um, you know, story of OJ. Right, like, 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 you know, song number two, story of OJ. So when I listened to sto- story of OJ, and he, and he was like, "Yo, what's better than, you know, uh, what, you know, what's better than spending your money in a strip club credit?" I was like, "Oh, so like, I actually, cause I didn't know the whole album was that. So yeah. I, so I got stuck on that. I listened to that song like maybe eight times before I went to the rest of the album. Um, it was, it, it's like, um, it was like one of the most exhilarating things to ever hear. Because number one, Jay is the goat, right? Like he's the he's the guy who you know is gonna go down, in my opinion, as one of the you know the greatest of all time as it relates to hip hop business. Um, and so when I think about that, I, when I heard that, I was like, "Yo, it's crazy that he's doing that." Number two, I got so excited because I know that back in the day, people who were walking did not buy 4.0 Range Rovers. Because he was so influential, like yo, yeah. I re- yo, I remember, right? Like I had to be like sixteen. <laughs> imaginary yo, player came out. Licenses. Yo, listen, imaginary player came out. You could not buy a four point oh and listen to imaginary player. You could not. Buy it. Yo, I, but but I, but I, but I'm taking it one further. I'm sixteen years old. Don't even have a driver's license. Don't got no job. Can't spend no money on nothing. And I would literally see a 4.0 and be clowning the driver. Like, yo, like, yo, get out of here, bro. How you got a 4.0? Get out of here. You know what I mean? That's crazy. Like, so, that, so, this, so this dude is so influential that you can't even afford what you bought, what you joking on somebody with, but you like, nah, I'm never going to get that. Right? X5s. He, yo, once he said, yo, I don't drive X5s, I give them to baby mamas, same thing. You see a dude in an X5, you be like, oh, yo, you lame, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> you know what I say? Uh, button-ups, right? This dude this dude said, yo, I don't wear jerseys no more. I wear button-ups. Mitchell and Ness, out of here. All these gangsters start wearing button-ups. You know what I'm saying? So this dude yeah. was so influential that when I heard him talking this money game, I said, yo, thank you. Thank you, money gods. You know what I'm saying? Because at the end of the day, like, it's going gonna, it's gonna to push my message, you know, you know, towards the, the forefront. So I was, I was excited. And then once I got past story of OJ and he was still dropping game, I said, I said, man, this is, this is different. You know what I'm saying? So it was, yeah, it was, yeah. it was a, a, you know, exciting time. You know what I'm saying? Ju- and June, I know, I know just June 30th, 2017 <laughs> at, at midnight. Know what I'm saying? That's what I was. Like, I literally, I knew it was dropping. I waited till midnight. I know exactly where I was, when I heard it, what I was doing. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, so I could, I could imagine this is something that this is a wave that you've already been on. Yeah. So how is it to see now that that's like, you know, money and finance to be talked about within the culture? Yeah. Um, because, again, this is something that you were on before the culture got there. But now to yeah. see it, you know, I guess it's like, what a time to be alive, as they yeah. would say. So. Um, to see yeah. that, what kind of transition has that been for you to see things you were talking about over a decade ago now to become yeah. like regular topics? Yeah, I feel, I, you know, it's, it's one of those, I feel like a, uh, like a pioneer almost, you know what I'm saying? Like at first, um, you know, like, like, I, like I, I embrace, you know, everybody in the culture who's talking money, mixing hip hop. Um, and at first, like, you know, some of the young guys would be like, yo, you the OG. And I, I, I didn't accept that because I'm like, I ain't no OG. Like, I'm like, I'm still I'm still I'm still active. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, don't call me no OG. Like you, you get called OG when you like ready to give up. You know what I mean? When you ready to like fall back. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, at first I would I was like against that. I was like, nah, I ain't the OG. We out here doing this together. Uh, but as I, you know, as I really kind of take a step back and realize, like, I used to write for allhiphop.com back in 2011, you know what I'm saying? And so I've been, you know, doing this for, for a long time, uh, mixing the two. And so, um, it, I mean, it's exhilarating because when you think about what the goal was, the goal wasn't for me to get famous doing this. I, like, the goal wasn't for me to get an award for be the first one. The goal was to, to get our people to change their mindset about money. So whether I'm doing it, whether you're doing it, whether it's my guys at Earn Your Leisure, like wh- whoever, you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. whoever's doing it, it doesn't really matter because it's, we're talking to the same people and we're, we're, we're pushing the same message. In fact, it's like, um, it's like juice. 
You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't, you know, you don't go to Walmart and just because there's orange juice, you'll never drink fruit punch. Like, if mm -hmm. you want to quench your thirst, you're going to quench your thirst. And so whether you rock with Ash Cash, whether you rock with By the Hood, mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? Like, it, like, it, like for me, um, I'm always in the spirit of collaboration um, instead of competition because in this particular space, uh, you know what I'm saying? Like, like you know what I mean? What, what Ho said, yo, it ain't many of us. I mean, less is more than there's plenty of us. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And so, so for me, I'm like, nah, like we need more. Like we need more of us Absolutely. out here. And so, and so if, if whoever, like whoever's doing it, as long as your intention is right and you out here moving the culture forward, I'm with you. Uh, so it feels good. You know what I'm saying? It feels good to be, um, you know, to, to, I mean, to get the validation, I guess. You know what I'm saying? Because yeah. um, a funny story is that in two, it was 2009. 2009, uh, one of, uh, so it, it was a, a, a hip-hop artist, um, you know, very popular, old, like, I'm going to call her old school, but, you know, very popular artist. Let me just say that, right? A female artist, one of the, one of the goats, right? Uh, her and I have a relationship, um, and she had bought uh, some of my, the work that I was doing to BET, um, you know, to kind of, you know, kind of like, and this was early. This is like, like I said, I think 2009, 2010-ish. Mm -hmm. um, and so, you know, she bought myself to BET, but at the time, like, nobody wanted to, you know, like, they were like, yo, this wouldn't even work, right, on BET, because <laughs> everybody was, you know, thinking about reality, fighting, mm -hmm. like, nobody was caring, nobody was acting responsible, meaning from a television perspective, responsible TV wasn't in yet. Um, and so literally, they, you know, they didn't give me no burn. It was like, nah, this wouldn't work or whatever. Um, and then fast forward, you know, I did a bunch of stuff with BET, you know what I'm saying, later on. And so to, to know that this is the norm now, like this is actually the norm, and especially, right, 2020, and you'll see, in 2020, we're going to be open more than ever to, to, to this, you know what yeah, I'm saying, to the yeah. money games, how to create multiple streams of income, all that. And so it's just a matter of just, just waiting, you know what I'm saying, like timing is everything. Um, and so, and so this, this is actually a message for people who have an idea, um, who... Uh, you know, did not execute on the idea, but also um, are ready to give up on the idea. Or if they did execute on it, it didn't move the way it moved, like never, ever give up. You know what I'm saying? Meaning that if you started the idea and it's not taking traction, if you believe in the idea, stick it out. If you didn't begin, uh, believe in the idea and then you see other people doing it, now do it, right? Because what, what's going to happen is that... Um, you know, you know, what, what I, you know, what I was able to do and what others are doing right now is we're opening the door to that conversation. Um, and there are millions of us, right. And so it's not going to be like, we're never going to saturate the market. Like, if you know, like when I do a, a show, when I do a podcast, like I, it's not because of that, nobody's going to be like, I, I'm not going to listen to these guys because of these guys. So, um, excuse me. It's like, a, it's like twofold. It's like, yo, Never give up, <clears throat> but even if you're, um, if you did procrastinate, don't ever think that it's too late because you're always going to put your own spin to it. And that's the Absolutely. thing. Like for me, I'm Ash Cash, so nobody can't really teach money the way I can teach it. Um, and, and so I, I'm, you know, I'm comfortable with that. Yeah. Uh, and, and that's, that's amazing. And the one thing I can say is, um, about the time we're living in is the whole idea of collaboration over competition. Um, and that was an amazing interview you did with Earn Your Leisure. And shout out to, um, to Troy and Rashad because they've actually been on here as well. My, and and yeah and and you know like i said everyone everyone in this space is kind of like generous with their time and they build together as opposed to you know um the whole competition thing because like you said it's, it's enough <laughs> everybody can eat b like right, it's exactly, enough for exactly. everybody right exactly, you know what i mean like exactly, th th yeah. that's what it is man so um man to get from where you started to to where you are now what would you say has been the biggest hurdle and i think you probably already answered this unless you have a different answer which was being your authentic self. Yep. Would that be your answer to that question as well? Um, no, nah, you honestly, um, the, the biggest, yeah, yeah. I would, I would say that being your authentic self, um, I wouldn't necessarily say it was a, it was a, it was a hurdle because at the end of the day, it just prolonged my success, right? Like I could have been wide, more successful than I am now. Had I been my success, my, my authentic self, um, so I wouldn't necessarily say it's a hurdle. It was just like a self-imposed restriction and limitation okay. that didn't really allow me to get uh, maximize my full potential. So what has been um, a hurdle? Yeah. So if I if, if I would pick out a hurdle, um, if I would pick out a hurdle, I would say um, that the biggest hurdle was uh, not staying in the moment um, and and not focusing on what was now 
and was focused on what was tomorrow more than what was now. Because what happens was, um, you know, I would, let's say, be in a situation and get some success doing it. Mm -hmm. And because I was so forward thinking, I was thinking about next, I never really like squeezed that opportunity to was nothing left. I, I already in my mind moved on to something else. And so I was comfortable. Like if, if 10,000 people knew me from this one thing, why not make a hundred thousand people know me? Why not make a million people know me? Cause I already proved that it's, you know, that people love this concept. Um, and so that's been my biggest hurdle because even when I see um, other people who have done things that, uh, you know, that, that I same, same, same sort of situation where I, I, I had this idea uh, a long time ago and I could have been in this space, but because I, you know, I let it go too fast. Um, I didn't fully maximize it. Um, and, 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 and that has held me back to the point where, uh, sometimes it feels like I'm starting over, right? Like even yeah. with all the success that I've had, all the accolades, all of this stuff, um, you know, sometimes it feels like, damn, I'm about to start this over. Like I'll give you a prime example. Like I had a, um, I had a podcast four years ago, right? And my yeah. podcast, I had a live radio show in New York and I would podcast it. Uh, I was, had great subscribers, was doing well or whatever the case may be. Um, you know, had hella downloads, was getting sponsors. But then uh, when I moved, when I moved from New York uh, to Atlanta, um, I was like, nah, you know what? I don't, I don't want to do podcasting, right? I want to be on actual radio. Oh, I want to do television. And so because that was my thought process, I kind of let it go. Um, and then I, and then now when I'm realizing that radio is dying, I'm like, shit, I should have jumped. You know what I mean? I should have yeah, yeah, kept on. Yeah. Right. And so now I'm at a space where I'm looking to um, do some uh, some podcasting, but now I got to start the podcast all over again. So that so that so that so that's the one thing that I feel like um, has been a hurdle is that I, um, you know, I, I, you know, I stopped my success by not like squeezing out, you know what I'm saying? Like everything mm -hmm. to its maximum. Like, I'll give you a prime example, like my books, like I've sold, I've sold thousands of books, right? Like I've sold thousands of books. Um, and so but why can't I sell a million? Like, why can't I sell a million books as a self-published author? Like, why should I move on to something else? when I could just take what's working with these books and then just squeeze it and just get more people to know about me. Um, and so that's, that's, that was my biggest hurdle, but my, also my biggest lesson is to, if you find success in something, yo, like max out, like do not, you know what I mean? Do not be quick to move to the next thing before you max out on that thing that's giving you success. Yeah, that's, that's, that's it's a lot of game in that too. But at the same time though, when you're someone who's always looking towards the future, like, cause you, uh, cause it sounds like you're a creative. So as a creative, you want to be on to the next thing. Yeah. So I guess it's like some sort of like, uh, you know, um, balance between maxing things out, but also like, you know, cause as a creative, you want to move on to what's next. Yeah, right? So sure. you're always, so I guess it's like a, the curse of being ahead of everyone else. For sure. No, absolutely. And I, and honestly though, I think that, and this, and this is the conclusion I came to that, um, creatives are always going to be creative. You know what I'm saying? Like, like, even if I let an idea go past, I, like, like my, that's just how my brain works. Like, you take me to 2030, I'm still going to be creating. Um, and so I, uh, I'm going to stop um, moving in that lack mentality as if if I don't move on this particular idea, I missed out on something because I'm always going to have that brain. Um, and, so, and also, um, it's similar like, like Steve Harvey and the Kevin Hart, right? Like, these guys will max out on everything yes. so much. Yeah, absolutely. But what happens is when they max out, the stuff starts to come to them. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And so I think that that's, that's how, even as a creative, um, I don't think you should balance. I think as a creative, you create something, and if that thing is, is, is taken off, yo, put the metal to the pedal and max out on that thing. Because a couple of things, if you max out on it, you already know you're successful, right? Okay. A prime example, like, if I, if I sell a million books as a self-published author, I, could, I don't need nobody to give me a deal. I could fund everything that I, I – all these ideas, I could fund them myself. Yeah, yeah. And so I feel like once you – as a creative, once you find something that works for you, like Jay, right? Jay found music, and he maxed out on it. And that's what gave him clothing line, liquor, businesses, streaming yeah. services. So, you, so you, lever you leverage that one thing that you found that works. It, it's, it's funny, right? I was just reading the um, the uh, the Berkshire Hathaway uh, annual report where that Buffett writes up every year because that's what I do when I'm bored. I know that sounds crazy, but that's a good thing to do. When but I'm bored. but I wrote down something that he said in there, reminding me what you just said. 
He said that we are all duds at one thing or another. You said for most of us, the list is long. The important point is to recognize that if you're Bobby Fischer, you must play only chess for money. Mm. And what he's saying is when you find that one thing that you're good at, go full throttle on that. And like, even if you want to do some of these other things, like when you talk about making money, like you said, pedal to the metal with that thing that you know you're good at. Yep, right. So sure. that's interesting that you said that. Cause I, I literally wrote that down. I was like, damn, that's a bar. But, um, sure. yeah, man. So, oh man, thank you for sharing all this uh, information with us, man. So, um, last thing I want to ask you before we get out of here is, uh, what's the future, right? You, so you're successful with the books. Um, you know, you, you talked about a little bit, a little bit more media in terms of, uh, bringing the podcast back and things, anything else that you got in the future? Yeah. So right now I'm working on a, um, a, a TV series. I mean, it's going to be a TV series and, uh, a podcast called Inside the Vault. Uh, so y'all can follow the, the Instagram handle, uh, Inside the Vault. Um, so that's coming out really soon. Um, and then one of the things I realized as a uh, person that gives out this knowledge, that there's a lot of people that come to me uh, for implementation. So people who are like, yo, how do I invest? Or how do I do this? How do I do that? Um, and so um, you know, I'm, I'm looking to expand Mind Right Money Management. So my company is called Mind Right Money Management. Um, and Mind Right Money Management is really just a financial education space where I'm only teaching, uh, but now I want to do implementation. And so uh, that's going to look like, uh, you know, helping people with investing. That's going to look like, you know, helping people, uh, you know, with in- life insurance and, and other, you know, estates and wills and other, um, you know, wealth building processes. And so uh, it's going to, you know, it's, it's morphing to just not just giving the information, but also helping people, um, you know, implement as well. Okay. All right, man. So I'll make sure that I share that, uh, that handle um, in, in terms of what you got going on. So um, before we get out of here, Corey, you got any um, specific questions you asked before we got here, Corey? Yeah, I have uh, a couple questions. One, um, besides Jay-Z, what other artist uh, gives you inspiration? Mm, um, so besides Jay, um, man, who else inspires me? So I, um, I mean, you know, Nip, Nip definitely inspires me. Um, you know, I love like, you know, fifties hustle is, you know, is like, like, I I love, I love, you know what I mean? I love his hustle. Um, you know, who else do I, um, hmm, who else do I am inspired by? Um, Nas is somebody who inspires me, um, a lot. Um, you know, I, you know, uh, killer Mike is somebody that I, that I, you know, uh, like I'm tapped into David Banner. I'm tapped into, um, I mean, there's others, but but I would say those are like the main the main they're, ones. They're investors. So yeah, they're, exactly. 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 As soon as you gave me the list, I was like, I, I know exactly why he's tapped into those. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because because you know because you know what for, I, I mean. They, I think for me, uh, I want to be able to relate to my to the people that that inspire me, right? Like I want to be able to see, you know, like like a, like a, a part like of yourself. Exactly, like a 50 who's from Southside, Jamaica, Queens, who got shot. Not like I ain't never get shot, but you know what I'm saying? Like, I got you, I got you. you know what I mean, I like to see where he, what he's doing, you know, with television. Like, I just love, you know, love that diversity uh, in that. And so, uh, yeah, those are definitely the guys that, you know, that, that, that I'm inspired by for sure. Let me ask you a question, though. As a huge Jay fan, and I, we all know um, what 444 meant to you, mm-hmm. is that your favorite Jay album at this point because of what it meant to you? Nah, Blueprint, all day. Blueprint, yeah, come yeah, on, yeah, man. reasonable yeah. doubt, man. Reasonable doubt. Yeah, I think I, I was, like, honestly, neither one of those is my favorite album. Which one is yours? Black album. Black you album go, is up there. You can't Black go wrong with it. But reasonable doubt to me, like when I heard that, it was just man. Anyway, but go ahead though. What'd you yeah, so, about I, so so my so that's my top three though. So right, and so it's funny that we said that because it's our top. It's my top three. So I'm going Blueprint, Reasonable Doubt, Black Album. Um, and the reason why, so so the thing is, is that there's always um. Um, I, music makes you feel away, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so for me, I was 15 when, when Reasonable Doubt came out. And so I was just being like tapped in. I was excited because he the first guy to talk that hustler talk. Like prior to that, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? You had Queens, like I'm from the East Coast. You had Queens, but they was either like fly or they was like grimy. Grimy, you know yeah. <laughs> and so so coming from Harlem, like we hustlers, you know what I'm saying? Like, like we, you know, like, 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 the, the guys who was getting money wasn't the wasn't the shooters. Like they had the grimy dude shooting. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so to 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 be somebody who was a hustler, like you you relate to that. Um, and so that's why uh, but but I didn't, you know, I wasn't a hustler though. I wasn't like selling drugs and all like that. Yeah. So so I didn't appreciate reasonable doubt until I got a little older. But black out uh, uh you know, um blueprint. 
you know, I'm I'm a little older. I'm in my, you know, what I'm trying to say. It's, so it's a time. Think, it's a timing thing. It's like it's how, how I relate thing, to it. Sure. Yeah, yeah, sure, yeah. Although sure. my favorite song is on none of those, which is Imaginary Player. Yeah, yeah. Like it's I, on I, Volume One, which is my second favorite song. Which I, which I tell Corey, my, I tell Corey all the time. is my favorite song. Yeah, you yeah, talk yeah, about yeah. a song making you feel away. Every time I put that on, my net worth feel like it increases by a hundred thousand. Facts, facts, facts. I feel that. I feel that. I feel that's that. my second favorite Jay song. That's my second. Allure, Allure, Allure take me to a place because I was a hustler. So Allure take me to a whole different place. Yeah. But yep. my second favorite song from Jay is Imaginary Player because, like yeah. Jay, like like Jim said, like. I just feel like my you, you, net worth doubled up. Dude. <laughs> <laughs> right. so as I put it on, like, damn, I'm worth double what I was before I put this joint on. Yeah, All right, yeah. very last question, Ash, before we get out of here, man. As someone who's a, a best-selling author, right, what what book is your favorite book or has inspired you as an author, something that you read from another author? Yeah, so my, my I got three. I, can't, I, I okay, got three okay. of them. Um, Think and Grow Rich. Um, Napoleon, Hill. Napoleon Hill. Yeah, Napoleon Hill. Um, Four Agreements, Don Miguel, mm -hmm. um, and, and The Alchemist. Okay. Uh, Alchemist. So, th so, so th those three books I, I read once a year, at least once a year. So, Think yeah. and Grow Rich, Four Agreements, and The Alchemist, because, um, and they're you know all for different reasons. Um, but but those are those are the ones that like inspire me. In fact, that when I wrote Mind Right, Money Right, it was Think and Grow Rich that kind of gave me the inspiration to to want to write it and update. Uh, that that philosophy um, for agreements is just gives me a way to live. You know, mm -hmm. it, it gives me the right way to live. Um, and then Alchemist is just a reminder uh, that everything you need in life, you, you like you might be looking elsewhere for everything, but everything is right where, where, where you started with this, with, 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 which is within. Um, and so that's why I love that book so much as well. Oh, man, those are three excellent books. Um, yeah. e excellent books. I've, read, excellent I've read all three of those books and, and you write, they put you in, in different spaces. And that's how I am with uh, right. Power, Powernomics and uh, Richest Man in Babylon. Those are two that I, that, those are, those are the, my like every year reads, like it's sure. every year. So. Sure. Oh man, Ash, listen, man. I just want to say, um, much continued success. Appreciate we you, appreciate man. you sharing your time with us, man. And um, we're gonna share everything you do. Um, thanks for building with us, and we look forward to everything you got going on, man. We're gonna make sure we share with our audience anytime you drop anything, because again, you're on the same wavelength. And our, our objective is to teach the people. It's not even about us; it's about the people. So I just want to say thank you, man, and continued success. Now, I appreciate oh. you, Kings. Yeah, thank, thank you so much. And I, like. Keep doing what y'all doing, um, and let's you know let's definitely continue to build because that's absolutely. You know what I mean, no, well, what Hope said, uh, nobody wins when the family feuds. You know what I'm saying? That's right. That's no, right. No, no doubt. No doubt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, before I, I, we I, get I, out of here, yeah, I want to say I want to say thank you to you yeah. and and whatever audience that you know that you're going to bring to our show and we're going to bring to you to you to you. Yeah. You know, I want to say thank you to those people. Yeah. I want to say thank you to our current audience. For, for for showing us so much love. Like y'all showing an amazing amount of love. And I want to thank say thank you to our sponsors because our audience are our sponsors. Like whatever we do, our audience makes sure we can do it. Yeah, so absolutely. I yeah. Say, I want to say thank you to those people that are helping us get the way we want to go. And to all of our guests that have been on so far and to you specifically since you're here right now. You know what I mean? Like, y'all made our podcast as successful as it is because every time y'all go out and do something good, we get the love back. Absolutely, Absolutely so, man. And, and what you're doing is important, too, man. What you're doing is definitely important, man, the, how you bring the cultures together. So um, to our audience out there, make sure you share this, um, subscribe, like, all that good stuff. You know what I mean? Not going to inundate you with that. But um, and also check out what Ash has going on. Check out all his future projects. Make sure you get those books. Hustlenomics, I just started that book. I've read, like, three of your other books. Like, um... And, and I actually bought Hustlenomics, right? I was like, you know, I show love. Even though I know I can get it for free, I was like, no, nah, let me I show love. Because another thing that. about the book is, too, you didn't even charge it. I got the Kindle joint. So you, it yeah. was like, you know, you didn't even charge that much. And that was, it was worth yeah. it, though. Yeah. Um, right. So, yeah, but, but no, it was, it was $3.31. Yeah. Which coincides I, with the date, you know, like everything is numerology, right? So yo, he died. I, mean, I, didn't, I didn't even put that together. You know what I'm saying? Yo, I didn't even put that together. Yes, sir. Uh, yeah, that's, what it, that's exactly what it cost. 331. That's 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 for the culture. Yeah, for yeah. Sure. Oh, if you okay. Start a book for three dollars and thirty-one cents. That's definitely. That's why sure. I said I gotta buy. It. I said he's giving away for free, but he's only yeah. charging three thirty-one. I said I yeah. give him that. You know what I mean? Yeah. And also, real quick, um, uh, Audible. Um, because yeah. I, I got the other book. I got the physical copy, but I also have the Audible on another wake-up call. But um, yeah. 
are you going to put your future stuff on Audible too? Like, no, absolutely. Yeah, Hustlenomics is almost done. So that, so that's coming. That's coming out on Audible. Uh, but definitely, because like, like I have, you know, salute to all the Uber drivers and the Lyft drivers uh, who also support me as well. Um, and so that's why every single project I put out, I always, you know, put it on Audible because they will hit me directly. Like, yo, fam, I'm driving. I, I, I need some. I need some knowledge, and so that's why. And I, I, I know. Out. I know. I said last question, but now that you brought that up, real quick though, in terms of doing that piece, yeah, do you record it yourself or do you go to a professional? Like, how how do you do the audible recording piece? Yeah, I record it myself, man, because at the end of the day, as a speaker. I want, you know, like, like uh, it's, it's a marketing tool, right? So my books, all that stuff is a marketing tool. Um, and so I want, I want people to be able to hear my voice and to hear, you know, especially because I, I write it the way I talk. Um, and there's certain parts that I want you to, to feel. Mm-hmm. Um, more than others, so 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 that I don't I don't want to put that in nobody else's hands. Gotcha. So I like literally, you know what I'm saying? Got 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 my own mic. I recorded myself. Um, I sent it out to Fiverr. Uh, they take the the air out. Um, and then I and I uploaded it to uh, to ACX.com, uh, which is uh, owned by Amazon, and that's how you get it on Audible and iTunes and all that. Oh man, that's another thing. I gotta give you credit. I gotta give you credit too because you don't mind sharing the game, man. Yeah, like you you just put it all out there. Nah, yeah. you, you, yo, yo, the, 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 so, so I learned a long time ago that knowledge is the one thing you could give away without losing any. Oh, that's a bar. Ooh, bar. <laughs> bar. All right, man. All right, man. Because you, you dropping too many gems out here, man. Listen, man. Again, thank you, thank you, good brother, man. Yes, we sir. appreciate you and to our audience, man. As we always say, it's not about how much money you make; it's about how much you keep. Game elevates, man, and we'll, we'll see y'all chumps on top.